Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather and this week we have special guest jennifer tracy of the milf podcast with us to talk about some mom tropes and stereotypes in pop culture all right hit that music Hey, Liz. So I'm super excited today because we have got a special guest with us. I think we teased it on the last show. I don't think we told you who it was. Maybe we, I think we mentioned her name, but that's it. Okay, we have with us Jennifer Tracy, who is the host of MILF Podcast. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's actually Moms I'd Like to Follow. So don't get your dirty minds in the gutter. (laughs) Uh, So Jennifer, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your show? Oh, yeah. Well, Thank you both for having me so much. This is such a delight, and I'm really excited to be here. Let's see. I am a mom, <laughs> and, you know, kind of the impetus for the show was, I mean, everything having to do with me becoming a mom and feeling just like I was drowning for the first, really the first five years, mm-hmm. and getting through pretty, some pretty gnarly postpartum depression, and then discovering that I was in postpartum and getting treated for it and then kind of waking up when he was in preschool and and discovering myself and discovering that I still wanted to be a woman and I still wanted to be creative and I still wanted to be sexual and sensual and I started pole dancing. And so that's where the milk thing kind of came in. Um, And then I just wanted to talk to other moms about it and hear their stories and mostly hear how other moms like do life and raise a human being. Cause I'm still figuring it out. My 10 years later, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody yeah. does now. Now yeah. neither Heather or I uh, are moms. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Best decisions you both ever made. <laughs> well, I, th- I would say one of us had made a decision. The other one had a decision made it. for us, but it's, you know, it is what it, it is. And, um, but we've we've talked about for a long time, you know, thinking about trying to have like a mom, non-mom discussion on the mm-hmm. show just because, you know, we are a female-centric po- podcast. We don't really have guys on the show. We just want to focus on, you know, there's enough voices out there for men. Like they're they're everywhere. Yes. The, yes. <laughs> and they will let their opinions yes. be known all over the place. <laughs> With or without you asking. So. <laughs> exactly. That's right. right. <laughs> Constantly. So we thought it'd be really fun to bring you on the show talk a little bit about moms and pop culture, mom culture in itself. And then also just a little bit about like the mom, I don't want to say versus non-mom, but let's, let's just go with that for for the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so who has been like, I've, I've actually, I actually work behind the scenes (laughs) on your podcast. Yes, you do. And I'm 
so grateful to you. I, I love it. It's so much fun. I've been working, let's say, a little more indirectly for about since seven months, six, seven yeah. months. And then back in December, I started working on it more exclusively. Yeah. And it's such a – I love working with you. You're so awesome. Oh, thank you. And I was just like, you know what? Your show and our show, such a good, fun mesh. So yeah. Here we go. Absolutely. But um, tell our listeners, like, who has been one of your favorite people to interview on MILF? Mm, oh, that's so tough. I mean, I, I I love all my guests, and every single one is so different and unique. However, um, I would say Joanne Astro, who mm. is the m- mother of one of the MILF guests that I've had. She's <laughs> actually a, a grand MILF. Um, so she, She's a guilt. She's a guilt, yeah. It just doesn't sound as good. Uh, you I know, know. So, but yes, guilt. Um, and she's 81, although she'd kill me for saying her age, but I think she's around that. And she's just so fabulous. Mm-hmm. And it was so, that was the first time that I'd had someone from a totally different generation on the show. And that was fascinating because in that episode, she tells the story of having an abortion when abortion was still illegal in right. New York City. She, you know, had to have it done in her apartment. Um, and she felt, and she expresses this, she was very lucky that she got to have it done in right. her apartment in a way that was, could have been fatal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way she describes it, it, it's just crazy, you know, to, because I just, I don't know. So I would say that, and just her perspective on everything being, a, a not just a mom, but being a woman and like basically Joanne, uh, I mean, she says all this in the interview, but she got married to a man that she wasn't really in love with because it was her ticket. And she says, and I'm quoting her ticket out. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that still happens all the time, but I, I, it's not, it was like her only ticket out of like poverty and her family and like getting a leg up in life and, you know, and then she left him and decided to become an actress and her family was horrified and she lived in like little Italy in New York city and she was pursuing acting and she was so happy. And and then she met the love of her life after she had her daughter with her first husband. So just that. That's nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, Just, you know, and, and I love that we all in my life is not, didn't go as planned. You know, I divorced my husband last year. I thought he was, we were going to be together forever. And I love that it can be messy and it can be, unexpected and it's all okay. It's not this horrifying thing or failure. Right. Yeah. I think I, I'm also divorced and remarried and I, I don't have children with either of them, but the the messy thing is absolutely there. And it's one of those things that I think people look at it as that. And I've also thought, you know, whatever this is in life, you know, I've been given a brain and I've been given a heart and feelings and I sometimes you just have to say, you know what, this isn't the right place for me. This yeah. isn't I'm not happy yeah. with who I am. Yeah. Forget who you are. I'm not happy with who I am in this situation. And the only way to make that situation better is to change it. Yes. Yeah. And since I couldn't make my ex change and no, he still hasn't changed. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I can't I can't change him. He's gonna be who he yeah. is. I the only person I can change is me. Yeah. And the only way I was going to be happy, I had to finally say to myself, you know, the only way I can be happy, he's not going to be happy. And I can't be in charge of that. Right. Yeah. I like the story here, though, of claiming your identity. Like sometimes you do kind of get lost in what you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be. And you kind of forget 
who you are. And I think every major uh, life step, you kind of run into this a little bit. And I think that it's important that women kind of talk about it because I think women have a tougher time with who am I supposed to be and who does everybody else think I'm supposed Mm. to be than maybe men. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And yeah. And Joanne also talks about, I mean, I talk about that topic in almost every single episode in some form or another, but she said, I had this role that I thought I had to play. And, and she talks about laying in bed at night after she, I think it was after she'd given birth to Claudia. So Claudia was a little baby and she'd lay in bed at night and fantasize about her husband dying peacefully so that she could oh, no. like, escape yeah I, I, yeah i'm not gonna lie I, 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 <laughs> I did it too i did it like a, you know what i was like oh just like a quick something quick yeah nothing no pain no cancer no no, no just, just just you know if they just you know if that thanos snap thing happened and they just weren't there tomorrow <laughs> then it's not that's not the worst thing in the yeah I, I and you know and that's the thing like I think we get so guilty about those feelings yeah. right like we just like oh I'm such a terrible person it's, mm, no I'm sure my my ex oh, wanted I'm to snap sure. me out of existence oh, I'm too sure. so. I'm sure mine still does except that he's like oh then I'd have to get a nanny <laughs> <laughs> So you have such a, an interesting mix of guests. Like, it's not just random mom around the corner. You've had some celebrities mm-hmm. on. Like, last week you had Kathleen Robertson mm-hmm. on, who was on 90210 yeah. and some other awesome shows. Like, if you don't know her name, if you see her face, you'll totally recognize her. Yeah. Yeah. And I so knew I was she like, was just from, as soon as I heard her, I'm like, oh, I know who yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do you go about finding guests for the podcast? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, many of the guests in the beginning were other moms that I have met through being a mom. So through my kids' Mm -hmm. preschool, through uh, my kids' now elementary school and his new elementary school. And then I started doing this thing where a couple months ago, after each interview, I asked each guest to think of one mom who they respect and admire who would be willing to be on the show, who they think would be willing to be on the show. And right. so I've gotten some amazing referrals in that way. Um, and I also sometimes will ask, like I, you know, I'll ask, I really wanted April Uchitel on the show mm-hmm. and I didn't know her. And so I had a guest on who did know her, Catherine McCord. And I said, oh, would you introduce me? And she said, yes. And that's, that's a little tricky because you want to be careful. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just mm-hmm. want to be like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Respectful. Thank you. That's the one. That's <laughs> the one. But for the most part, I just leave it up to them. Just say, think of one woman that you love, that you respect, who, you know, you think is just a badass. And so mm-hmm. that's how I got Kimberly Muller. That's how I got Carla Hacken, who was on the show just yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And I've just sort of, I guess I'm multi-level marketing my guest roster. <laughs> <laughs> Except there's no, there's no, there's no cut for the people that. No sign up yeah, fee. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's, that's funny yeah. though. I was actually reading something the other day about, and this is a little off topic, uh, reading something the other day about how multi-level marketing is actually both strengthening and damaging the, the friendship between women. And I thought that was a really interesting, interesting. kind of take. 
Because I've actually, I've done a couple of these things and they never start out with like, oh my God, I'm going to make a million dollars doing this. It's like, I want to get my vitamins for right. cheap or for free. Right. Or uh, somebody told me about the skincare line and I've got skin <laughs> and why not get it cheaper? <laughs> I do. I don't wear a lot of makeup, but I do have skin. So, you know, that's something. And everyone I know has skin. So... Totally. But you do like you, you, you almost feel like, okay, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to sell this to my friends, but Hey, if I can help you get a discount or, you know, sure. if I have something you like, sure. but it's funny to me how many people just get like ridiculously offended. If you're like, Hey, doing this thing, right. you don't have to do whatever. And then they like act like you're coming after them. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe people do. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good a salesperson yeah. to, to want to oh, do me that. Neither. So me I don't neither. know. I'm, I'm, I'm good at like selling my podcast interview, I guess. Like, right. Uh -huh. But it's because it's not focused on me and it's, it's something that is a service in a way, but to mm -hmm. sell an item is, I've always struggled. I, I was part of one, I guess I shouldn't mention its name, but it's, it's a, it's a skincare makeup. <laughs> uh, Do they have cars? Cause I had one of those. Oh, yeah. I know of three that it could be, yeah. so we're good. It's yeah. not, the, it's yeah. not Mary Kay. Um, it's, it's, I don't know what the third one would be. Okay. Do they test on animals? Cause I'll know the next answer. No. <laughs> no. All right. I know who it is. Okay. <laughs> no. And they're adamant about it. And it's on every, there's a yeah. bunny on every single yep. uh, mm. bottle, but yeah. And it was all about the car and the, this and the meetings mm -hmm. and then it got a little culty. It is. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Cause like, I am super good at getting people to understand that they can sign up for these mm -hmm. things. So good on the actual selling of the shit myself. Here's what I did. I remember. I think I started doing. I was pregnant when I was doing it, so I wasn't in my right mind. And mm. they were like, "You, you have to get this many points or whatever to get to this level." And I was like, "Okay." And so you have to sell. You're supposed to sell this many, or you can buy it. So I just bought my stuff. Right. I did that. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing the, uh, the Marie Kondo, you know, tidy up your shit oh, yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've been following you doing that. And I just, yeah, I just threw out like $4,000 <laughs> worth of Mary Kay makeup. <laughs> it's got a shelf span. Why am I hanging yeah. on? I'm like hoarding it. Yeah. I'm like, but I spent all this money. You open up that mascara and it's like, it knocks you over with yeah. the smell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I still have 43 tubes of lipstick that have never been opened. Oh, can I, I'm like, I'm still, I still have at least 20. Yeah. I like that your Mary Kay collection is all like blue eyeshadow <laughs> and the, the nude lipstick from the nineties, early nineties. Uh -huh. Yeah, pretty much. So let's talk a little bit about moms and pop culture, yeah. right? So entertainment, we do a lot of stuff on TVs and movies and books and things like that. And what we run across a lot are these tropes and cliches and stereotypes. And I want to just kind of talk about, we, I, I think just came up with a list. I think I sent them to you guys. Mm. So, you know, and if you don't know what a trope is, a trope is a common or overused theme or device, AKA a cliche. Uh, so he, let's just go through this list and kind of talk about some of these and maybe see if we can pull like a TV or movie mom who fits this okay. as we yeah. go. Mm -hmm. And then we're, we're going to talk a little more about it after that. So the first one I came across is the absurdly youthful mother. So, mm -hmm. so this is the mom who looks way too young to actually have the children that she has in her possession. Yeah. 
Did you guys see yeah. Bad Moms? I have not. I wanted to. I've seen the trailers, okay. but I really should see it. It's cute. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good movie. And um, my friend Catherine Hahn is in both. There's a there's two of them. And yeah, she was on the show. Yes, she was. She was on the show. Mila Kunis plays the lead character. She has a teenager, I think. And it's, I oh. think she has a bunch of kids. But I remember that I was like, no, there's no way. And in real life, <laughs> we all know because we all you know, know everything about every celebrity all the time. Um, yeah. I think she has little children. Yeah. Her babies are like under yeah. five probably. So yeah. And she's younger than we are. Oh, I know way, that. She's a couple way. years younger. She's so yeah. young. At least 10. Yeah. I will mm-hmm. say I have a cousin who is, she's about 18 months younger than I am. So she's probably right at your age, Heather. Uh, she has a, like a two or three year old grandbaby. Like oh. an actual biological grape. She she started having her kids wow. real young. Yeah. So I think she always fell into that, you know. Yeah. And then uh, my foster daughter, I guess my cousin that uh, lived with us for a while, uh, she's, her mother is 18 years older than she is. And her mother yeah. was like 15 years older than her. So her grandmother wow. is 10 years older than I am. So it's like a weird, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, it's it's really kind of weird. She she had a baby last year, so she had, but she waited. She was uh, twenty, I guess, when she had her. So <laughs> yeah, stepping it up a little bit. I'm hoping that that he will grow up and you know get a couple years further ahead. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, well, I just wasn't ready. I mean, at twenty, I can't even. I was barely ready at thirty four when I had my kid. I mean, I'm still not yeah. ready. Forty two, and I'm still yeah. not ready. I mean, yeah. it's just... I can't imagine being a 20 year old, but, but here's the thing about that, that I, I watched. So my ex-husband has five, uh, actually has six nieces and they all are now mm-hmm. grown and three of them have babies and they're in the South, right? Cause he's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Well in the South, I mean, you start having babies at 23, you just do, there's no, yeah. and yeah. I'm like kind of not jealous this is not the right word. I'm just a li- slightly envious that. Oh, they're still going to be young and have like dewy skin when their children graduate from right. high school. And I'm going to be like a subscriber to the AARP magazine. And, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like my, my younger sister is five years younger than I am. And she had my oldest niece when she was 25, which is my mom had me at 26. So, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of yeah. thing, later twenties. And, and for a really long time, I felt just terrible because I'm five years older than her. I still had no children and, and really, really wanted them for a very, very long time Mm -hmm. until about three years ago, she had another baby. Like she would had the one who's 11 now, and now she has a three-year-old. So there's an eight year age difference between her first and her second. That's a really big gap. Like people don't think about how big a gap that really is. And then, you know, so we now had this baby and she's in our lives and my sport of choice is competitive anting. Yes. This is what I do. I love yeah. it. This I ant like nobody's business. <laughs> they my she was over here tonight, like right before like I had to go take her home. She's like, I'll stay, I'll be real quiet. I'm like, You're three, you don't know how to be real quiet. No. <laughs> you know, so I love this. So when this baby was born, I was still like in the process of like, Oh, we should do this, we should adopt, we do you know, whatever we need to do. And then she came around, and I love her, mm-hmm. but God damn, she's exhausting. Oh, yeah. I love her to peace. I have no patience. And you can give her back. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I was like, part. I don't have patience, yeah. and I'm exhausted five minutes after she oh, gets yeah. here. I'm like, I don't know how these people have the stamina. Yeah. And then she had a baby 18 months after you, that. And I'm oh, like, that's right. 
my brother's the same way. He had his daughter, and um, she's three, and then their second baby is going to be one in a month, mm-hmm. and they just came down for the week. So we had my 11-year-old niece, and then two three-year-olds, an 18-month-old, and an almost one-year-old at my sister's house. And I'm like, I'm going yeah. home because my house is super quiet. Yeah. Like yeah. I just don't have the stamina yeah. for it anymore. I, yeah. I mean, I guess you, you learn it, right? Like it, it grows on, you figure it out. I don't know. I think I'd still just be tired. Oh, I, yeah. You just tolerate it. And I also think some women, men too, but women are just built for it. Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm really not. I think that's really refreshing to hear though, because I think a lot of moms feel that they have to be, and if they're not, there's something wrong. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think that's a fair assessment to make because, again, I'm not a mom, but I, I am like a mom. Yeah. I call myself a non-mom mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my niece tonight, she's like, can I can I just move here? Uh, you can be my mom Aww. now. I was like, but your mommy loves you. She's like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I mean, she gives me baths and buys me stuff, and that's great. And I'm like, you're three. Go yeah. home. Like, but it's important for her but, to have that. And, and like, when she's oh, yeah. a teenager, she'll probably feel more comfortable reaching out to you about some of the other stuff that she can't talk to her mom about. You know what I mean? Yeah, this actually happened with my oldest niece. My mm. sister was out of town last year, and a very big woman life event happened mm. while I was watching Aww. her. And so she was like, I'm, I'm so glad you were here for this because I was terrified. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Like. I'm the worst. I'm like, this is the worst thing that'll ever happen. Let me tell you all the <laughs> shitty things that happened to me. Like, you know, You're like, like, I'm just going to terrify oh, you man. out the gates. But she's like, oh, good. It's, you know, great. It's not this, oh, my God, it's the best thing in the world. No. Yeah. There was no flowerly language around it for my, in my house <laughs> yeah. either. Uh-uh. I was like, this is going to suck for the next 30 years. And Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It didn't, that true to life right there. My mom, yeah. I got my period. I was 14. My mom bought me a box of tampons and handed it to me and said, just go in the bathroom and close the door until you figure it out. Read the instructions. <laughs> mm-hmm. My mom made fun of me for reading the instructions. She's like, you had to read the instructions? I'm like, yes. My like, mom she... just bought me pads. It was like, good luck. You know, <sighs> like, you don't want to do that. I'm like, God. So, like, I, it wasn't until I went to college that I even, like, tried that because mm. they just weren't available. Mm. Now that our male listeners have officially tuned out, <laughs> they have checked out. <laughs> Goodbye, boys. They love it when we do this stuff. They now really let's do. T- let's talk about how to overthrow the patriarchy. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right ladies it's time we're doing the duck it flies at midnight we're doing it talking about all we have to do is talk about periods and tampons mm-hmm. done yeah yep done check it's funny we have we have a pretty large male listener base which is en- enjoyable and hilarious to me i don't know why but they love us and that's great so sometimes they actually stick around which is weird but i'm pretty sure they've all checked out <laughs> yeah i think that we might have pushed a little bit you never know eh. you never know Today, today at my office, it's International Women's Day, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, they were taking pictures of the women. They just handed a camera to some dude and told him, "Go take a picture of women." That's not. It was creepy very at unusual. <laughs> That's not creepy like, at all. Yeah, like, can you imagine that if that were any other like group of people? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Mm. All right, so let's move on to the next yes. one. The next one we have is the Axe Too Young Mom. Mm. So I think we saw a really good example of this. What was it? Mean Girls, uh, Amy Poehler's character. Yes. She's, uh, mm. I don't know, the bitchy girl's mom. Yeah. 
and she just you know she's trying to party with them she's like i've got margaritas they're 17 you know you're like ugh. but she's you know you're dressed too young she's acting too young yeah, that was great. This comes I've seen up this a lot. in real life too. It's I don't think it's just a trope. I don't think it's a trope either. I think this is where that mom best friend also kind of comes into yeah. play. Yeah. Where it's like, I I just I just want to be your best friend. I'm like, mm, yeah. I've got friends. You're not my friend. Yeah. Like, and I think it yeah. happens a lot more so when the kids are in middle and high school. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. when they're little, it it's I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with competition or, but yeah, when they start to really feel their youth slipping away, <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe it's just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be cool like these kids. I gotta be relatable, you know. And it's like, I don't know. Or they, or they're like me, like for twenty, thirty years after high school, it hasn't been thirty years. Go back, and I would think that like an eighteen-year-old that just graduated was like, I'm just a little older than right, that. right, but I'm not. Right. I'm so much older right. than them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Um, Let's see, I was probably about 37 when we took Lexi in. She was 17, just had turned 17. And you do, you think, oh, I've, I've not changed right. at all. Like, I don't think I honestly look that much different. I don't feel that much different until you start hanging out with kids that age. And then you go, nope, I'm almost 40. I'm, I'm so almost yeah. 40. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I am not that age at something- all. Something. So, I mean, I guess this happens a lot because I didn't really realize. So after my husband and I had been separated for a year, I I did go on a dating app mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was shocked at all. I mean, this goes perfectly with the MILF podcast, but I was shocked at all the the young men. I almost said boys, mm-hmm. but the young oh, men. Boys. I mean, they're legal, obviously, but they were, <laughs> mm. you know, like 20. I think the youngest one I went out with just, I, I mean, these are just, I met them for like drinks or coffee or whatever. 20, 25, 26, 27. And it wasn't long before I just thought, oh my God, they're children. Like we would go and sit down and they would, we would start talking and they would be talking about college because that mm. was their most recent experience. That's all they got. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did the same. When I got divorced, I was 33. And I, you know, I, I hadn't dated in 11 yeah. years. We'd been together for 11 yeah. years. I hadn't dated since I was young. And I dated online then too, yeah. like back in the AOL day, because that's how old I am. Uh, but yeah, so I got online because I was like, where else do you yeah. meet people? I don't know. Same thing. It was like 22-year-old yes. guys coming out of the woodwork. Yes. And I'm like, dude, I was like, I I got nothing. <laughs> Well, there is nothing a 22-year-old man is – we'll call him a man, but – To be courteous, we'll call them a man. Yeah, like there's nothing this guy can no. offer me. Like there's just literally nothing happening. And I think the youngest one I went out with was 30. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't go any lower than that. And I had so many people calling me like a cougar and a like cradle robber because I was dating someone three years younger wow, than I yeah. was. I'm like, Jesus, really? Yeah. Judgment much? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, but if you'd been a dude, that would have been yeah. no, oh, yeah. no no big no. deal at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird to me that the that they don't see the maturity difference that women do. Why? Yeah. I, and now I'm stereotyping. I apologize. Not all men. Blah blah blah. But um, <laughs> I don't think they care. I don't think they're. I guess that maybe that's one of the fundamental differences. Is we are looking for somebody who can talk to us on on our level. Like we're not looking to babysit. I'm not looking to babysit. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So the next one on my list is the almighty mom. And I'm going to put this one in the list with also like this mama bear kind of thing. Mm. 
where this is a mom who can just succeed in telling off anybody who jacks with her child, mm. regardless of who the person is, right? Or who's at fault. So Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> my mom fit into this category a little bit because she might have, you know, my mom was actually really, really tough on us. Very strict. Well, not super strict, but she was, she was very tough. She expected a lot, especially from me because I'm the oldest. But if somebody came down on me or said anything bad, she would have just ripped their faces mm. off. And she did. Like, I remember she took on the entire choir moms <laughs> in high school wow. because they didn't like the way we did something that none of their kids bothered to show up and be a part of. She was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think that mama bear protection is a very common trope. But I don't think that that is so tropey as it is like accurate a lot there is a lot of mama bears a lot of protective or protective moms yeah 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 i'm the mama i'm the i'm the aunt bear yeah. i don't know how you would <laughs> yeah. say that uh some kid was uh like we actually had to homeschool my niece for a couple of months this semester or for the first semester of the year because she went through some pretty severe bullying last yeah. year that we didn't find out about it until late and i'm like where is this little bastard i will take him out <laughs> myself i'll i'll cut a 10 year old i don't care like <laughs> She wouldn't tell us who it was. Like, she's like, mm, no, because she knew. She knew we would go after him or at least his parents, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who do you see in pop culture that kind of fits this? Um. Well, gosh, I'm thinking of that show. I don't know if you guys saw that show that's currently on Big Little Lies. Mm. Oh, yeah. On HBO. Mm -hmm. I know, like, the Laura Dern character was very. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and the whole thing, the whole I know, and it was a book by Lane uh, Moriarty, I think. Anyway, mm -hmm. part of one of the storylines is that this child is being bullied, and they blame a child that's actually not bullying her. She like, mm -hmm. you know. So it's interesting because it's the 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 character, the mother of the child that's being accused is not. She's standing up for her child, but she's timid about it because she's new in town and she has all these problems as we come to find out as the series goes on and secrets and um, she gets bullied by the other. And, and that happens a lot, too. Not mm -hmm. as not mm -hmm. as overtly as that. I haven't experienced it, but I do see like, you know, there's definitely and you, you use the phrase mom culture. There's definitely a when you especially when your children are little and you start in a preschool or an elementary school and they're really little. You really care about what the how the other parents see you or I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know all my friends did, too. You care about how the other parents see you as a parent and as like a social person, almost the same as it was when you were in high school. Right. But you all have these little beings that is like oh no look i'm i'm you know i limit screen time too yeah <laughs> you know but then it, like i mean at some point i was like oh god i just don't do any of it and i'm just doing the best i can and i feed him cheetos for breakfast <laughs> you know it's like i can't i'm just yeah you know and then and then you have other moms go thank you for saying that because I feed my Pringles for breakfast or whatever, mm -hmm. like admitting the yeah. reality. Yeah. I think my sister has gone through that somewhat when she, when her daughter started kindergarten, there was like a, she went to school called Gilmore. So she, this Gilmore Gator moms, right? GGMs. Uh -huh. And they were a tight li little mom group. No, for... they did not brand themselves. Did they? Oh, did they, they did. Yeah, they oh, did. They have, they, have, they have ball caps. They had t-shirts. <laughs> they did. I'm not, I'm not kidding. So it's 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 interesting to see how those kind of you know again I don't have kids so they actually tried to brand me as a GGA oh my so a Gilmore god. Gator oh my aunt. god this is like how people start cults and stuff yes. Yes. I think this is like the first step in some kind of like uh, nefarious scheme yes 
it's a hazing well, this, is, this is how you yes <laughs> oh, so much so weird yeah it's crazy it's like a weird little sorority yeah so for the almighty mom though i see the goldberg's mom oh yes oh, yes, yes. yes yeah I can see her that I've got her a little further down the list as well. But the other one that I saw in this one was um, like Claire Huxtable from the Huxtable or from the Cosby show. Yes. Because she was, you know, she was a tough mom. She was a good mom. She was a tough mom. But again, if you if you crossed her and she's a lawyer, too. So she would just, you know, laser beam eyes. Let the record show and just tear you, tear you a new one. So I always thought that that's the kind of mom that I would be. And honestly, it is the kind of mom that I was to my little pseudo kid that i had so well sometimes you have to be i'm tough i am i'm tough with my nieces and nephew i i'm strict i'm tough but they learn it really young Mm -hmm. and then i can be cool yeah like i don't let them go crazy i don't let them eat a bunch of tons of sugar and stick their fingers in light sockets and do you know they have to behave (laughs) right but we still have fun and i'm not their mom so i don't actually do the punishing part i just give them the look i've got the mom look so all right so ambiguously absent or missing mom we don't know why they're missing no one ever talks about it they're just (laughs) not there yeah you you see that where it's just like a dad the the first one i thought of for some reason was twilight i was just thinking of twilight just as you said it i was like yeah where was the mom in twilight did they ever explain it yeah she's in florida her mom's around she just she Her was mom more had the a child, new... yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, she was the child. She was that. And, and maybe that should have been on here, too, is like the kid mom, yes. right? Where the, the the kid is more into it than the mom is. Like the uh, Gilmore Girls, where yes. the kid is more the mom than the mom is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, Rory Gilmore. Oh, Rory. <laughs> She, she she she's just as she just makes as many dumb mistakes as her mother though so yeah. oh yeah we we've done two gilmore episodes in the last year uh maybe was it last year and a half i don't know and uh yeah we, we it's hate very rory. frustrating we hate rory isn't it a <laughs> yes. trip to watch uh handmaid's tale now no, i, can't I have watch not it. seen it it's Hulu oh. keeps making me watch it after the end of my uh, show and now i'm like 30 <laughs> minutes into it and i have no idea what's going on <laughs> That's but the problem. If I'm looking at my phone and I'll just pop up and like, what happened? Yeah. Like, that's like, not what wait, I was watching. Yes. Wait, why is everybody wearing those white hats? <laughs> <laughs> so, Heather, you you added one to the list here. As the... Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you the trope Yeah. Mm-hmm. that goes for this. All right. So, a mom has made perfect gourmet breakfast. Husband and kids, come down. I don't have time for this. Drink some of the orange juice and leaves while the mother is sitting there with this beautiful, uh, ornate breakfast buffet that she just put out there for her children. Mm. Like, just the perfect mom. Everything's perfect. They do the bento boxes with the the eggs that are shaped like bunnies and you know weird things like that they are all over instagram it's that, the instagram mom mm. that bento box mom is real i know at least three of them at my niece's school mm. and it's like oh yikes yeah i can't even bento box for me right <laughs> i mean as you're i can't think of a of a pop culture i mean there's so many to draw from i'm sure but the first mm-hmm. thing i think of is annette benning in American American Beauty. Beauty. Yeah. And, well, the first thing I thought of was I wrote a character in my mind of like, oh, yes, I see that person. And, uh, you know, 
exactly as you described. And then at night, she's just shooting heroin in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> she's like the peanut butter mom, right? Like the peanut butter commercial always has this where the kids are running out and they grab the thing and they go. And she's like, thanks, mom. No problem, mom. Yeah. You know, so she's like perfect mom. Yeah. But she's also like bitterly angry perfect mom right. and she is the alcoholic in the bible mom yes. you know from like the 60s or whatever oh yeah, <laughs> just, oh, yeah. yeah. that doesn't the that one doesn't with the medicine exist without some really dark thing behind the curtain i don't think yeah, yeah. something has to offset yeah. that yeah it's impossible to be perfect all the time but you do see it a lot in movies but you and in pop culture yeah. but yes generally just like you're saying that because it, it's always surface. Yeah. It's always mm-hmm. just, uh, it's always a facade, like they're painting a yes. picture for anybody that could possibly see it at any given yeah. time. When I think you also see that you've got perfect mom and she's doing everything she thinks she should be doing and the husband is still cheating or yeah. the kids still don't want to come home. Like there's there's always something. So even though you're, so again, like, like an American Beauty, right? Yeah. So he's off fantasizing about the creepy underage girl yeah. You know, it's like, so why? It seems exhausting. Yeah. It does seem exhausting. And it feels like that this is, we talked a little bit earlier about the identity. And I wonder if that is kind of one of the um, issues there is you, they're not in touch with themselves yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when your identity is mom or is wife and that's all you've got going, then, you know, if it happens that your spouse dies or leaves or your kids grow up and they move away, and you don't have your own person and your own identity, then you do become lost, right? Yeah. You are shooting heroin in an alley right. between your toes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's all you got. You're like, I don't know what to do. Uh, so Yeah, maybe that's a danger. Uh, you know, there's a danger there with associating yourself, though, with these icons, mm-hmm. right? Where you only see things represented a certain way. Mm. And so therefore you think that that's how you have to be. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily the case. There are plenty of uh, wonderfully uh, independent mothers. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of uh, wonderful mothers that get along really well with their family. And they know that uh, they don't expect three gourmet meals a day. Right. Well, I think, you know, I, again, I can't talk from the mom perspective, but from the wife perspective, I totally get this because when I was married the first time around, I felt so alone because all of my friends had these, quote, perfect lives and perfect marriages and perfect little families and they never fought and they always did stuff together. And and I hated my husband. <laughs> like, I didn't want to spend time with him. We had no friends in common. Mm-hmm. We had nothing in common. And I just felt like, what am I doing wrong and, you know, I actually started like blogging through it. Like I'm, I'm written a book on it, like all these things that I, that I just had to get this out because I'm like, I can't be the only one who feels like this, who has, you know, had someone just disappoint you so utterly that it breaks your heart, but you're also super ashamed about it somehow. And so I started putting this out there and random strangers are finding it mm. and they're contacting me and they're saying, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. Mm. And I think that's how people stay in these crappy situations as long as they do yeah. is because everyone's lying. Everybody's lying yeah. about how Everybody great their lies. life is. Yeah. Yeah. They do. It's like, you know, your, your marriage is not going to be perfect all the time. No. Your kids are not going to be perfect all the time. And when you put that unrealistic expectation out there, it, it traps people and it makes them feel like they are not good enough because they have not... They have not met that unachievable standard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you open up as you did 
and you put it out there. And, and that's what I'm finding with my podcast too, is that <clears throat> I'm getting so many listeners, you know, emailing in or messaging in saying, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is such, this is so refreshing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. every guest that I've had on the show, there's there's a rawness and a realness to the conversation. And mm-hmm. they're not afraid of really telling their story as it is. And it's messy. Yeah. It's just messy, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and talking about their flaws and talking about their insecurities and talking about their mistakes. And um, yeah, because it's all part of it. And that whole like perfect mom who prepares this and that. And it's like. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. I my, my first instinct would be for like Martha Stewart in here, but she's a real person and she also has difficulties with her child. Yeah. yeah. And she also went to jail. Jail. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Insider jail. trading. It's like that she's guy. been to prison and Snoop Dogg hasn't, but they make it wonderful. Have you guys seen their show? That's it's right. awesome. Yes, yes, yes. It's like whoever came up with that genius. needs a raise because genius. that's amazing. That is genius. And you know what? You're never too cool to cook with your mom. Yes. That's, that's true. what it showed. Yes. Yes. I do like more um, viewpoints being reflected of mothers and, you know, obviously in women in general, but mothers, I mean, there's, there's working mothers, there's stay at home mothers. There are people that are like Liz, they're aunts, but they are nurturers yeah. for all of yes. us. Right. And they're not represented in pop culture. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's important to point out too, especially as you guys are talking about this, that women are maternal. Whether they birth a child, adopt a child, aunt a child, you know, mentor a child, like you can be maternal and not be mm-hmm. a mom and, yeah. you know, nurture. And I have a woman coming onto the show in a couple of weeks. She has, a, a, she became a step parent when the daughter was 19. And the daughter mm-hmm. now is, I think, 30 and calls her mom, but it took them like five years to develop a relationship. And this woman, Helen, uh, had decided, I think in her 20s, she went on like a, um, uh, what's it called when you go on like a vision quest and Mm. decided that she didn't want to have a child really made the decision. I don't want to have a child. She had this whole career. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then this happened and she's a college professor and she always has been. And she said, you know, I mother children through that, but then I actually got to be a mother in this way. That was this unexpected way. And, you know, anyway, she came to me through this kind of interesting route of a person who also works on my team. And she's like, but I don't know if you want me to be on the show. And I was like, of course I want you to be on the show. I think that perspective Mm -hmm. is incredibly uh, valuable and valid for so many different listeners with so many different experiences to hear and validating of that. Like, you know, she, she said, I have hundreds of children that I have nurtured through and, and through college. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I digress. But. I was going to say, I've been anting since I was 20 years old. Yes. That's when my my pseudo kid, Lexi, was born, was when I was 20. And she was like, I was the only one who was ever allowed to babysit her. Mm-hmm. And we kept her overnight and those kind of things. And so she's she's my kid. Yes. Even her, her own birth mother and my cousin is her dad. They say it all the time. She's your kid. Like, she's been your kid since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And she has a baby now, and so I, he's like, I don't have kids, but I've got a grandkid. Yeah. You know, I've got a little pseudo grandbaby, yeah. which I think is hysterical. One because she thought I was saying sumo mom, <laughs> I was her sumo mom, and her her baby looks like this tiny little um, Stay Puft Marshmallow boy. He's so he's so round and adorable, and so I was like, well, sumo grandbaby works. I don't know. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, just to put this out here, I have a stepmother. She doesn't have any biological children, but she is so nurturing mm-hmm. and such a uh, a mentor to me, and she always has been. That I think that people, if they get caught up in the biology of it, the impact that you have on other women really defines your motherhood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my stepmother, she taught me how to sew. She taught Mm -hmm. me all of the things that a mom would do. And I still, like, get warm tinglys when I see her refer to her to me as her daughter Mm -hmm. you know because of being a stepmother there was a separation you know we didn't she didn't know me as a toddler right right? I think that if anybody told her she wasn't a mother they'd be they'd be a damn liar that's right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, I think uh, I saw an article that Jennifer Aniston had posted at one point, or she, she had been interviewed, because people are constantly harassing her. When are you going to uh, have kids? Why don't you have kids? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And she she finally said, she goes, look, just because a child hasn't fallen out of your body doesn't mean you're not mm-hmm. a mother. Even if you choose not to have children, or you don't adopt, or you don't adopt, or you, you know, whatever reason, you don't have a child that's your own, you can still be an aunt. You can still have pets that you mother and nurture and and that nurturing spirit is is really what defines that not the physical one child or you know a set of matching you know dna sequences that are walking around behind you like little ducks like you know i've i've been an aunt to a lot of kids that i'm not biologically related to pretty much every one of my kids or every one of my friend's kids call me aunt liz because that's just the role i've taken one of them just she's eight she just realized about a year ago that i'm not actually her aunt like she's like we just went on family vacation why weren't aunt liz and uncle paul there they're like well kind of realize they're not actually related to us but that's they don't know the difference because that level of love is there regardless of whether or not i am you know genetically related to them all right so let's take a little bit of break here so that we can throw a promo in for some of our awesome podcast friends and we will be right back to talk about some more mothers in pop culture Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices for the difficulties that friends may experience. It's time to embrace friendships because without our friends, who would we be? So check out Best Forevers on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other podcasting listening venues. And be sure to follow Best Forevers Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And, and we, we make, make up, up the Cutaways, Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week. 
brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! All right, we're back. Let's talk about a couple more of these moms in pop culture. So the next one I have on my list is the smother. Yeah. So this mom is all up in her kids' business, and she is just going to literally love them to mm. death. <laughs> <laughs> so the one that comes to my mind with this, you mentioned before, Heather, um, was Beverly Goldberg. Because if mm-hmm. you watch that show, she she is. She is absolutely the almighty mom who goes in and fights to the death for her kids and then will just smother them to death with love and be all in their business and want to know everything about their lives and just be a little bit controlling, <laughs> a little bit terrifying. Yeah. 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 Really, Goldberg's really hit uh, the nail on the head here. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of another one because it was so overwhelming, the smother. Well, they actually call her a smother they as well, do. so that, that does help. Oh, do they? Yeah, I mean, I, I love this that show. It's it, so it good. It kind of fits this category too. But Laura Dern's character in that um, mm-hmm. Big yeah, Little Lies yeah. is is a is a smother. I knew some ki- I knew some kids growing up who had parents that were mm. like this for sure. Yeah. That was always a little bit terrifying. Like you couldn't really, you didn't want to get in a fight with their kid right. for sure. Like, right. Yeah, and you you didn't want to tell that kid too much because if their parent found out about it, then your parent right. found out about it right, right away. Yeah, it's that's very common. I think that the Goldbergs does a very nice representation of that because everybody kind of knew that. Like, uh, always had a friend who's had a mom like that growing yeah. up, right? Mm-hmm. They they knew all about you just because you were friends with their yeah. kid. Yeah, my my mom was a teacher before you know before she stayed home to have all of us but she somehow became really good friends with every teacher in our school district <laughs> and she also was a substitute teacher for a good long while so we didn't get away with anything wow because she knew every freaking teacher in the world and so before we ever got home from school <laughs> oh yeah, my god I just wasn't bad I just my sister was terrible I don't know how she got away with anything she didn't but uh, I couldn't have so I didn't right. even bother I didn't right. try say like, I I did add this next one on the list for you Heather but I think it comes up in other areas as well and this is dead parents <sighs> yep so we talked about the missing parents now they're they're around somewhere we just don't know where but then we've got dead parents so who's the number one that comes to mind for you <laughs> <Batman>. <laughs> So yeah, Batman takes a real dark turn. and Yeah, uh, but it's also really nice when you have a big pile of money to cry yeah, on. Yeah, no kidding. I know. It's terrible, no isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. My butler raised me in a mansion. <laughs> it's terrible. I feel, I feel terrible even, like, talking like this about <laughs> dead parents, though. I mean, it is sad. Don't get me wrong. I apologize for being trite. Well, but you are talking <laughs> about a cartoon in the example. Yes. So it's, <laughs> Good point. I think, yeah. Yes. I think you're on good ground well that's that's the thing it's the the trope here is the dead parents trope is that for whatever it is the parents are gone and now you know these kids either become wonderful or terrible based on that and you see it in disney movies all the time like i can't it's really hard to even think of a live Mm -hmm. parent Mm -hmm. situation yeah bambi lion king what else you got um tarzan cinderella parents dead cinderella Mm -hmm. dead mom she's got a horrible stepmother Mm -hmm. yeah and Aladdin, Jasmine, uh, only has a father. Oh, so. mm-hmm. good one. 
Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. all the superheroes, like um, Superman. Yes. Wonder Woman doesn't know who her dad is, or I can't remember. He's he's a god. That's right. He's a god. She thought she was made out of clay. Right. That's yeah. Was. She was made but out of clay. He is a god. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but I th- I think that becomes you know part of that trope is like okay my parents died so now I've got all this darkness in me but I've got to do something with it so. I'll save people because nobody saved her. And so, yeah. yeah, So it's like, I, you know, I know people who have, um, you know, have lost a parent and so far none of them have become superheroes. I'm just throwing it out there. So, And if they're both named Martha, you can like (laughs) have a nice little buddy cop thing. You're in the club. You're in the club. I still think Aquaman's mom should have been Aqua Martha. (laughs) Make it easy. (sighs) Okay. So what do we have next on our list here? The wine swilling mom. Oh yes, I want to talk about wine swilling mom for mm. sure, because this this comes up so much, and not just in entertainment. I know a lot of moms who are wine swilling oh, moms, yeah. and and I'm just curious at what point did it did it become like a socially acceptable part of mom culture to just be an alcoholic <laughs> and just. On Facebook, I drank three bottles of wine today because kids. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't get it. I just. I, I don't think it's just a mom thing, though. No, I mean, no. really, you recall with like sex in the city and all these yeah. things that it's also just a, a women thing. It's a nice medicinal I don't know. Anxiety reliever. It goes back to the liquid heroin from the day. You know, we don't have yeah. that anymore. Yeah. So this is what we have. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, I, but I, it, for me, my experiences, I, you know, I don't drink. I've been sober for 20 years. And so when mm-hmm. my kid was in preschool and I started being around other parents that, I mean, most of my friends are either sober or they just don't drink a lot. If mm-hmm. they do, you know, if they don't have, yeah. uh, you know, addiction problems. But um, and I was shocked at how these people drank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'd be at like a preschool event, right? Like a like a fundraiser right. or something, and they they were getting plowed, just plowed. I mean, and I have no opinion on whether or not so and so is an alcoholic or whatever. Like, I don't. That's right. not for me to decide. But I mean, they they were doing some heavy drinking, and I remember going to a play date at a new like this was three or four years ago. It was a new friend who just started at school and went to her house, single, single mom, another single mom, 10 AM. She's pouring herself a glass of wine, offering me one. I was like, I'm, I'm mm. okay. And I thought, wow, I'm good. 10 AM. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, is that normal? The today show starts at 10 AM. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now I will say that when we used to podcast in person, when Heather still lived here in Houston, uh, we might bust something out at 10 a.m., but it's because we were recording four shows in right. a row. That That's exhausting. Right. Uh, but, that yeah, very rare that that actually happens. And I guess I I'm, have addiction in my family. I have an addictive personality. So I just never really got into it. I saw way too much as a kid, like just things I didn't want to, to fall into myself. Right. Uh, you know, like I was telling Heather, I was like, oh, my God, I had like three drinks in the last month. Am I an alcoholic? <laughs> like, you know, your brain, like my brain goes to this. I'm like, no, I, I mean, I seriously see people on Facebook who drink every day and maybe and they're they're functional. They're not alcoholics. They're just that's just how these grown people choose to unwind. Yeah. And that is what it is. I just I don't remember that being a thing 
with my mom or any of her friends when I was growing up. So I was just curious, like, when that kind of came out there. Because you see it yeah. on everything. Like, yeah, I, I grew up in Utah. And so, yes, it was not very common <laughs> to have a, a, a wine-drinking mom. However, my mom drank. But it was like... You know, the wine would be, oh, I'm going to sleep or something like that. It was a medicinal. uh, I'm putting air quotes in for this podcast. Medicinal. uh, To help sleep or uh, reduce anxiety. You know, because you get anxious playing all that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I love my mom. She's, she, you know, she worked her whole life and uh, she golfed on Mondays and, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Go to town. That was that was her that was her day Monday. Yeah, I mean, I deal with a lot of anxiety, and you know, if it weren't for medication, I probably would be self medicating myself mm. as well. And I yeah. have for a year with cigarettes and you know mm. whatever else comes along and food or whatever happens to be the the vice of the week. But you emotionally know. unavailable man. Oh yeah, been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Eleven oh. years. Eleven mm. years. Yeah. yeah. It it might that might not hit a little too close to home for me. No, no, not at all. So yeah, now I've got I've got the opposite of that now, which is yeah. great. So <laughs> Paul's awesome. He is awesome. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so the last one on our list is Martyr Mom, mm. and Martyr Mom I think is kind of similar to Perfect Mom almost because she just gives up everything willingly. For her children, her mm. family, everything in her life is is about this. Yeah, it's a really sweet sentiment, but I always am worried about this being kind of a common trope because then you think, you know, when kids go off to college or they they move away from home, what is the martyr mom to do? Yeah, well, she'll just martyr Drink. herself to anyone who will listen. <laughs> you know, yes. the, the husband or the partner oh, yeah. or the neighbor or you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a martyr grandma. Mm. She, Did you? Uh, yeah, she had six kids, and she—I mean, she worked. She had a degree. She worked and stuff until she had, you know, six mm. kids because yeah. it's hard. You yeah. can't, you know. Um, and and so you know, there was a lot of. Oh, what I did. For the children, what I did for the children, and she wasn't, you know, she was not great with the children, but you know that that was the. She's home. He's working. She's giving up everything. Blah blah blah. So you and then you just you literally hear about it until like three days before they wow. die. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, but that may not just be a mom. That's not a mom thing. It's just a personality thing. You get thing. You get that where you kind of always feel like you're kind of getting the raw end of the deal, and you want to make sure people know about it, much like I do when I'm calling customer service. <laughs> I'd just like to let you know how <laughs> much of my personal time I am giving up to speak to you today, yes, Becky. That's yes. right. 20 minutes. 20 minutes in <laughs> yes. you. So how do we think that these kind of stereotypes and tropes, do, do these help moms? Do they hinder them? What do, what do we see? Hmm. I feel that more variety is better for mm. all women. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I just don't see a ton of it. Yeah. does that make sense yeah Yeah, it's like the representation thing right we don't if we don't see it we don't know it's there yeah and so i think when we only see these types of moms and and you know you will see some of these in a couple of characters like characters you might see a couple of these fall into 
but typically not. Most women are written really one-dimensionally, mm. I find, in a lot of this, mm-hmm. you know, TVs and entertainments and even books. It's like, you know, men can be complex and have all of these thoughts and feelings and things that they do. And women are, you know, after the guy or their moms or, you know, we talked about this when we when we did Aliens, mm. right? So we've got Ripley, who is this badass character in the first one, but accidentally, right? She just kind of has right. to. And then in the next one, you know, she's been asleep for however many years, and now she has to go fight these stupid things again. But let's give her a kid she's got to take care of, because that's how she's going to be badass. Mm, It's not just because she is or she's tired of this alien's bullshit. We have to give her a little kid to Mm. protect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Never mind the fact that you have to cryo sleep without pants on. No pants, no bra. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. According to George Lucas, you will just be strangled by your own underwear. That's and right. Face, so. That's right. We're lucky she even got the porno oh panties. Oh my god, like we that's just... hysterical. The porno that's panties. Terrible. Oh yeah, they're like those seventies low cut bikini thing. Yeah, they're bad. And the, and they're white cotton. You can see right through them. Right through. Yeah. Did you guys dub them the porno panties, or is that a thing? We did. No, we. Yeah. I, I, that's what that we dubbed them. We did the. We thing. did these as a classic. Yeah, we did this as a classic movie oh, review a couple years God. ago, and we were watching it like, what is she yes. wearing? Like, yes. you see her butt yes. hanging out of yes. it. So just, ugh. <laughs> the cat wore more clothes yeah. than her. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> he at least was covered. She, it, basically, these panties were the equivalent of, like, the 70s muff, you know, just that oh, full. Muff. Oh, my God. I like, love that you just said muff. <laughs> I will oh. say, I do think that it is slowly and ever so slightly expanding because I do Mm -hmm, feel like there's, there are more women writers in the room. There are more women filmmakers. There are more women TV executives. And so this is sort of filtering in through what we're seeing now. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there are like, like aliens would be very different if it were made today, even if it were, you know, made by male filmmakers. James Cameron. Yeah. So I do think it's changing, but it's, it's, it's bit by bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think also with the, the me too movement and things that have come up in the last couple of years where we're just not putting up with as much bullshit in the industry that I think things are, I think you're right. I think they are starting to get better. They're not good yet, but they are getting better. Agreed. Yeah. More uh, female voices out there the more appropriate characters will be yes. for them. Yep. I think so. So I'm glad that you put that little spin of optimism. <laughs> <on me. laughs> That's what I'm here for. I was feeling very yes. negative for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think when we look at a lot of things from, you know, female centric perspectives, it can get a little, a uh, little heavy because we're, you know, again, we've, we've been fighting a, fighting a losing battle for a long time but i think we have a lot more voices that are stepping up and that makes me yes so yes and there's there's a little bit more support today than there was even a year ago Mm -hmm. yeah yep i agree exactly so just to switch gears a little bit but still stick on this because we've been talking about the classic tv moms we actually found a uh, zimbio quiz online it's which classic tv mom are you who did you guys get i got Lois Griffin. <laughs> um, uh, what is it? Family Guy? Family yeah. Guy. Family yeah. Guy. I also got you Lois did? Griffin. So oh I did. Yeah. <laughs> what What does Lois Griffin say? 
Okay, her says, you are the glue that holds your crazy family together. I've actually been called that by my crazy mm-hmm. family. Um, <laughs> says, you're easygoing, loyal, and very patient. All traits that come in handy when your kids and kid-like husband have come up with a wacky new scheme. Without you, they'd be totally mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did have somebody tell me that, but it was like a drunken tell. Like, you are the glue <laughs> that holds the family together. And I'm like, okay, auntie, <laughs> whatever. So- <laughs> Well, Zimbio has confirmed yeah. it. That's right. That's right. It is. It's, it is a thing. I'm just going to put it on my resume as professional glue. When I think about a lot of women and mothers that I know, they always are. They always are the the stability in an otherwise chaotic world. And I think that that's probably so re- refreshing for children because life is so chaotic for them yes. as it is, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Having somebody in your orbit that you can come around to that I think is really important. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that I consider myself easygoing when it comes to holding my family together, more so than just incredibly stubborn mm-hmm. and like, no, we're going to get together. Like, we have not yeah. seen each other in months. We're going to do this. I don't care what you have going on. Yeah. Like, it's it's more of that, I, in my case anyway. So Yeah. So, Heather, who did you get? I got Claire Huxtable. Ah, oh, yes! Love it. I love it. I've gotten Claire on these in the past, but I yeah. think, you know, they change every time you change an opinion. So It says you're the ultimate TV mom, the wise, loving, sassy mom, all other TV moms aspire to be. I like the sassy part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you're devoted to your family, but also a tough working mom who balances home life and career seamlessly. I like <laughs> that. I like it I, I do too. I Because I grew up with Claire Huxable, it really kind of... I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. I would love to be Claire Huxtable. Yes. Yeah, I would too. As long as I was married to Cliff, not Huxtable. Yeah, exactly. Not I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask because this is one of those things I have a really hard time with. Because we know what we know mm. now, how does that impact what you think about what we saw mm. then? I have found that in my head, if I compartmentalize and I think about what I liked before I knew I'm still okay. Yeah. Like I just like that was a different me. I am a different me then and I can still appreciate the Cosby show and laugh and laugh and laugh. And what I know now, I may not watch a reboot of the Cosby show starring Bill Cosby. Right. right. <laughs> I don't think anyone will watch that. Unless mm. it was the well, sequel like the where reboot he, of yeah, Roseanne. There, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, very good point. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten her in the past on those quizzes, too. And sometimes you're like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> less awesome. So I'm good with Lois. She's yeah, pretty cool. she is pretty cool. She's snarky, too. And I, I, I'm I, pretty snarky. So I like that. Yeah. Little, little worrisome that her dog's in love with her. But that's other than nah. that. So that's just Brian. It's cool. <laughs> I realize my, my nieces have an aunt, my brother-in-law's sister, who has a white dog named Brian. Oh, my gosh. Is that from the family guy? Like, I don't even know. I don't know her that well. <laughs> I should have named my dog Brian. It would have been perfect. Aww. Yeah. Oh. Too bad. Too bad you just reminded me now. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't in on the naming committee for he Mr. Was, Indiana. He's a year old now. I just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll be calling him Indiana Brian. Indiana Brian. As opposed to Indiana Bones. Oh, that's precious. I love that. What kind of dog is he? I don't know. He's a he's mutt. A, like he's, he's part a terrier Chihuahua, of some part sort. Terrier. He's he's white with spots. Yeah. But not Dalmatian spots, just like other yes. spots. See, we name our dogs fun things like that too. Like 
Otto von Titzling. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then mine are, I've got um, Lucy Van Pelt is one of mine. And then we've got Daphne, the Duchess of Puppingham. Oh, my gosh. And then Jake. But we didn't name Jake. He came from my sister. <laughs> You're like, so. and Jake. And Jake. <laughs> from State Farm. <laughs> I, I should get him a little pair of, like, khakis and a red well, shirt. And he can you just be Jake from State Farm. Hilarious. So yeah, that is hilarious. you have to now. Oh, my God. Love it. Yeah. So see, we don't mom kids, but we we mom the crap out of I've our. I've got dogs, to expand so. my dogs' yeah. names. They're just they just they only both have one name. No, oh no, you know, got to go got to yeah. I have to expand that. I get I have to get them knighted and something yeah. has to happen. <laughs> well, see, that's Lucy. Yeah, Lucy's full name. When, her name was Lucy when we got her, and Paul's like like Ricardo, and I'm like no, like Van Pelt because she's a fuss mm-hmm. budget. But then we expanded it. So her full name is Lucy Van Pelt Serna, Pretty Pretty Princess. So Aww. then when Daphne came along, she became Daphne, Duchess of Puppingham. So, you know, fancy. Love it. Fancy but cartoony yes. at the same time. So, because we're dorks and that's okay. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> so, all right. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about the mom versus non-mom mm. thing. Is there actually antagonism that goes on between the two? Because I see it a lot, especially I did work in HR for a really long time. So you'll see a lot of battles there, right? Like I need to take more time off because I've got kids. Well, I need to take time off. I don't have kids, you know, like Mm. there's some of that. And then I don't know, is it really there or is it something that everyone just thinks is there? I mean, I I don't know. I only feel comfortable speaking for myself. So I, Mm -hmm. I tend to feel very happy for women that don't have children. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I, and I recently became a single mom and I don't, I'm not the kind, and I think this is again, kind of like Heather said about the martyr thing. I think it's a personality thing. I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, a mom, non-mom thing, but it's like someone who's going to say, well, I have this. So I need, you know, I have this, like a child is a right. disability, you know? so I need right. this. Exactly. Like, well, but you chose in most cases, you chose to have a mm-hmm. child. So, you know, I don't, I don't, so I don't go around, oh, well, I'm a single mom, you know, it's so hard. I mean, unless I'm in <laughs> therapy. Um, well, yeah. but, um, but that's safe zone. Oh that's yeah. Safe I can, zone. I, it's all, but so I don't know. I don't, um, yeah. I mean, I remember being younger and I had a friend who was a little older than me and she had three kids and she was angry that she had three kids and had to pay a babysitter to come be with us. She was like, you don't have kids and you're, you know, and it's like, she was so angry about it and none of us had kids. And, and I just couldn't understand it back then from that point of view. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, is that what we see is just a not understanding the other point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know as, as a person who isn't a mom, I, I will get a lot of people who feel it's their personal business to either one, enlighten me on why I should be one or to just blatantly harass me because I'm not huh. one. Like I'm a selfish individual when they don't know my that situation at all. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and pretty recently, too, a couple of years ago, I had a uh, extended family member, not my family, uh, basically corner me. Calling out a- Paul's family there, by <laughs> the way. I yeah. didn't say that. But, 
But uh, this is even extended for him a mm. little bit. Oh, okay. And All so right. I, we were at a luncheon for my mother-in-law's birthday. And this was the first time I had ever actually met this person, had ever laid eyes on this person. And she asked if we were planning to have kids. And I get this question all the Mm. time, all the Mm. time. Do you plan to have kids? And I was at the time, I was like, well, I would, you know, that would be the plan. But whether it's going to happen or not, I I don't know. That's not up to me necessarily. Mm. Uh, And then she just proceeded to harass me about it. Like I was being selfish because I Mm. didn't have them. And I'm like, lady, you, I'm 37. Mm. If I don't have kids at this point in my Mm. life, there might be a reason. And she was a doctor. That's Mm. what pissed me off the most. She's a freaking doctor and she should have known better. Because I don't want to have to spill my personal history through a bunch of strangers at a table at a restaurant. It's like, really? Like, this is appropriate? And I was so mad. And, like, this is one of those things that for me, the longer I think on it, the madder Mm. I got. Just became this, like, like I still, I've not talked to this lady ever Mm. since. I will not go around her. I have no interest in being around her. I don't know if it happens to you like that, Heather. I I usually get men, actually, because that will say, like, why don't you have kids? Like, they're asking that question. And I think that maybe women are generally more sensitive to the subject in case, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was a medical issue. I've never had a guy ask me about it ever. Yeah. Yeah. Other than like my family, family, you know, they, mm-hmm. they asked me about it, but my, my grandma, she's su- super sweet. And she, um, she said, Oh, you know, are you having kids? I said, you know, what? I don't think we're having kids. We'll just have dogs. And so she knitted my dog's little Afghans. That's really sweet. And maybe ours is because, Maybe mine is more, maybe I'm more sensitive to this question because it wasn't necessarily a choice for me versus, you know, if I had just said, I don't want them and I could just live with that resolutely because I did for a really long Mm -hmm. time and now I'm old and I don't Mm -hmm. like, like, no, that sounds Mm -hmm. terrible. But, um, so I don't know. And I don't think that I don't know anyone and I've never asked, you know, somebody why they chose to be a mother. Like I've never even thought to ask somebody, well, why would you do that? But that that's the kind of reaction that I do get. So I'm just curious. I don't know. Yeah. No one's ever asked me why. Some people will say, did you always know? And I've asked people this on the show. Did you always want to mm-hmm. be a mom? You know, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think 90% of the time it's because they were horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Really, like, Horny and yeah. poor planning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think if we knew, I always say this, if we knew what came with it and the, and the, the emotional, financial, uh, aging <laughs> that it provokes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. N- there's a reason that we have sex drive and that babies are made the way they are, generally speaking. Um, because I, I just don't know how we'd have a population. Right. Yeah. If you do it at cost benefit analysis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> you you uh, take out your Rory Gilmore pro and con yes. list and you write it all down and then you go, hmm, hard pass. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. I know a lot of people who have done that. I've had people tell me that I should have kids for a tax break. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait, Honest wait, to God, what? that's. That oh, yeah. is very oh, common. No yeah, it's super common. They're like, don't you know that you can get like, I don't know what is the three thousand dollars tax people credit that a year? Have children? Yeah. And I'm like, but I hear you complain about your children. Constantly. And by the way, children so... cost 
money to way feed more. Way and more than that. educate yeah. and clothe. And I was like, you know, I, so I think stupid. if it was a choice for that me, so yeah, I, was like, I think if it's a choice for me, I don't think that that would be the defining factor. <laughs> uh, you can what? also like, donate money to a charity to get a tax yeah, it's like it's a coupon. I'm like, um, no. The same thing people tell you about getting married. You should get married because of the tax break. I'm like, mm, I think you should get married because you love someone you want to get married. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I would be really irritated if I had a kid and it was on the 1st of January and I'd be like, you couldn't get the 31st <laughs> One of day. December? One day. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like getting married. It's like, no, no, you got to do it by December 31st. So you got to get that oh whole tax God. year in. One day. Yeah. Medical expenses allowed until the 15th of <laughs> April, but not children. You have to have them before the 31st of December. <laughs> Heather's whole family works for the IRS. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> it might be obvious. It. <laughs> it's not funny. It's a little sad. But still, let's continue. We'll go with funny. The most funny is always a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> because it's true. All right. Now, we talked about things that moms may say to like uh, people like Liz and uh, yeah. myself that is not appropriate. Are there any non-mom things, probably this entire podcast, <laughs> right. that people say to you <laughs> that is not appropriate? We've lost all the moms now as well. Yeah. We've lost yeah. the dudes and we lost the moms. So now we've got that smallest section right here. You so know, I, people say inappropriate shit to me all the time. So, and I don't even clock it. I just, it's kind of like water off a duck's back. And I just, so I don't mm. even remember stuff, to be honest. I could tell you're a mom because I would have held that grudge. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would have too. I do, clearly. <laughs> You've got patience, lady. Like, that's a, that's a virtue right there. Because I would have been like, can you believe what that asshole said 13 years ago? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a few things that I could probably go into my memory bank and, and, and pull out. But I, yeah, I just, I, I'm trying to think of, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, it's not inappropriate, but like my friends who don't have kids will just be like, what? Like, I remember, I remember going out with a dear friend of mine. She's since moved away and, and. She's um, 37, single, doesn't have children, doesn't have pets. She's just like was able to move out of the country. And I was like, go do it. Be free. And um, mm. she she was like, when, what do you, when's, when's your free time? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? My free time? Like, she's like, when's your downtime? And I was like, uh, mm, I mean, I have it. But yeah. I just, it's, I'm like home being quiet, not answering the phone like my downtime is like seriously downtime I don't I don't know like I, I I think but again that wasn't inappropriate it's just it's her experience is only her experience she can't and she said she's like all my friends who have kids are just exhausted they don't have you know and she but she still is in that place of like I think I might want to have a kid at some point I don't know and mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know I feel that kind of sounds similar I had a um person ask me about my full-time job and didn't it get in the way of my travel I'm like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, what, uh, how do you think i afford the travel like yeah. mm. i do find it a burden good point <laughs> you're like you know that traveling really gets in the way of my job i really <laughs> yeah it's yeah. funny it's funny the things that people do say that you just don't hear in the reverse yeah right like you just you never hear anybody go ugh you travel so much. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Unless you're the person traveling, you're like, I travel yes. so much and I hate true. it. That's true. 
Yeah, these are all perception things. But yeah, people will say like just the most awkward things. And I, you know, I'm probably been guilty of it multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we all only have our own experience, really. Mm -hmm. So and unless you've lived that thing, you can't really. Yeah, I think I've also been I'm sure I've been guilty in the past of saying, oh, well, you know, do y'all plan to have kids or I'm just curious, you know, I'm a curious person and I want to know. Did, you know, is that a choice? Is it whatever? But I'm not now that I've been in the situation where so many times I've had this and it feels like an attack. Mm. I don't ask. I'm like, if they want me to know, they'll right. tell me. And it just, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, your friends with so and so, are they going to have kids? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I've never asked. Yes, we're good friends, but I've never asked because they haven't right. told me. And I don't want to put somebody in the same situation that I've been put in, right. you know, or then have to hear, oh, well, you know, we tried, but we had, you know, 37 yeah. miscarriages and now I feel like a total dick. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I find that I'll come up with excuses to tell people when they ask why I don't have kids. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it's easier to say, okay, I've got hereditary issues in my family mm -hmm. than to say, yeah, I really enjoy taking naps. <laughs> I like that answer. I mean, that's, I think that's yeah. so honest. And I don't know. I just, it's funny, like, that people have, have this expectation of this answer. I remember people ask me right after I had my son, when are you going to have another one? Oh, I'm wow. like, can I finish yeah. this meal first? Like, this is, I'm on this <laughs> meal. Like, let me. You're like, I, I'm actually in the process of making yeah. one right now. You just don't even know. <laughs> See, that's the thing. People ask these questions. It's almost like, uh, did you have sex this week? Like, yeah. is that, is that a thing? Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird, yeah. right? It's like, it's like they, but if I just came in and said, "Hey, Susan, did you have sex with your husband this week?" I know it's your period next week. <laughs> like, if you just were to say something like that, the people would be totally offended and just act like you were insane for asking yeah. these things. But asking the outcome of that particular right. act, nobody questions. Yeah. You go to other countries too, and I remember saying this. I think I, they don't ask. What was it? Everywhere in LA, I think it was my friend from England who just moved here. She was like, "People in LA, it's like, what do you do? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living?" Mm -hmm. And that's not what people ask when they meet each other, she was saying. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's just the topic of conversation. That's just like something to yeah. talk about. Are you guys going to have kids? How's the weather? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. You know. I mean, I get it, but it's also like, I don't know. Well, because then there's always the expectation that no matter what you say, somebody's going to have some sort of judgment. Well, I don't work. Oh, why don't you work? Or I work 60 hours a week. God, right. don't you ever exactly. take any time off? You know, it's, it's it doesn't wrong. matter what your answer yeah. is. They're going to come up with some yeah. sort of reason why your answer is yeah. wrong. I don't know how anyone talks to anyone. Either. I, I don't either. I don't either. Ew. Look, uh, people. Ugh. It's like we do a podcast because we don't want to talk to people. It's just, I can talk to her. Like that's, we just talk to people we like. That's why we're not an interview show for the most part. We just bring on people we like. Uh. <laughs> we're just... We think you're cool. Come talk to us. So. Yeah. I'm all for having like open and honest conversations, but you know, those are things that are eased into or done with the premise. Yes. Right. Yeah. And not, you know, Hey, you're standing in line, both at standing in line of the bank. So anyway, I think we've uh, beaten the mom thing to death here today. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know, but we never really talk about it because neither of us have kids and I know so many of our listeners do. So I think that mm -hmm. it was really exciting to have uh, Jennifer on the show to kind of talk about that. And then, of course, you know, throwing it into the pop culture realm like yep. we're yeah. used to uh, diving into. Yeah. Right? I really enjoyed that as well. Fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's and you know we like to bring up topics that we don't talk about that often, and we bring on people who do. And uh, you know we 
want to learn new things. And again, these are have been some burning questions for a while as, you know, two of us who don't have, I, I ran across uh, a podcast last week that's called the non mom cocktail hour. Mm. And I was like, I have got to listen yeah, to this. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It was just really, it was just, that's it was interesting. Great. I don't know. I enjoyed it. So, and we're, we're never about like, this is what we don't do, but it's, you know, it's more of, this is what we do. So we'll, bring on someone to talk about what they do yeah we've learned a lot of things with uh different guests in that you know stuff that we're not familiar with let's bring them on motherhood the only thing i know about motherhood is when i was a child and i have a mother i know what i see from my siblings and my you know people in my circle and most of them are just exhausted and have messy houses and (laughs) want to take a a shower by themselves Yeah. And I'm like, look at my bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> bathtub. Right. I can sit in it for three days if yes. I want to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jennifer, tell us where people can find you and your podcast. Oh, yes. You can listen to uh, my podcast anywhere where podcasts can be found. Um, and I have a website, milfpodcast.com. You come visit me there and find me all my social media links and everything and where I'm at. Yep. You are big strong on Instagram. Yeah. You always got good stuff on there and you do a lot of lives, which are a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, Jennifer, a lot of times I end uh, our episodes with an internet comment, either in context or out of context. I decided to go in context this time with a tweet from Domestic Goddess. And here we go. Ever notice the story of three bears? Papa Bear's porridge is piping hot, Baby's is perfect, and poor Mama Bear's is cold. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. I love it. That's brilliant awesome. and true and sad. <laughs> it hits all the things. It makes so much sense so much now. Sense. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the, what is it, in uh, a Christmas story where he's like, my mom has not had a hot meal to herself in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Every time she goes to take a bite, they, can I have some of this? Can I? And my mom would have been like, get it yourself. Yeah. I'm not getting yeah. up. That's awesome. So, well, thank you so much for oh coming on gosh. the show. We're super excited to have you here. Thank you and... for having me. I had a blast. This was really fun. Yes. So. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see everybody next time. Provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. And if they're both named Martha, you can like have a nice little buddy cop thing going on. <laughs>